I'm going to just jump on what Pastor Dan brought us and the worship team has brought us. Is that God is very pleased with us, Valley community. Not the structure, the people. He is so pleased with the actions that you are taking in your life. Now, right away, what we, we have a tendency to do is we tend to judge ourselves and then we take us out of that category. How many of you, let me just ask you this, how many of you are attending Valley Community Church this morning? Are you, are you here? Uh, okay, everyone, now, if you didn't raise your hand, let me just tell you, you're here, right? You're here. <laughs> and so the reality is, is God's speaking to you. So don't put yourself in a category of lesser than or more than. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and then in the due time, the right time, that he will lift you up. He will cause what it really is talking about. He'll cause a victory that has already been won. And that's what it is. It's just obedience. And sometimes we, we just, we don't get that. And I, me included, I'll be running in life and making decisions, doing the things that I'm doing, and then all of a sudden it's like, I get this emotion in my head or worry or, or fear wants to crop up. And then I finally stop and I say, what in the world are you doing, Klaus? Yeah. And the reality is, let me read you a, a scripture. And we're not going to stand very much longer, but I, I just really want to impart what I believe the prophetic word And when I say prophetic, a lot of people will, again, look at it and say, well, that's for some some time forever. It's going to happen someday. I'm just telling you, this is happening now. It's a now thing. In the book of Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians, verse uh, 518, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There are some that would be listening to my voice or watching online or maybe even in here that you say, give thanks for all, for all circumstances? Really? Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I feel. And what I want to tell you is that's not the presence of God presence of God is that he's here and all of his promises are yea and amen for you. It is for you because why? He first loved you. And we're all trying to learn how to love him back. And I want to tell you, he's a king of kings and lord of lords and we struggle in this world to love people around us who are supposed to be close to us. And what we need to understand is that God is greater and his presence is here. And what he said is, well done. He 
is looking at you and he is pleased. The next few weeks, I, I hope to answer this reality of how sometimes we think because we really don't. When I say we don't get it is, is we're really trying, but it's just life has a tendency to put roadblocks and we bump into it and we're injured and we're hurting and we're frustrated and fear crops up and, and we're fighting this battle and we're wondering when this is going to be over. The battle has already been won. The battle is over. And we need to learn what we have. We need to learn how to be thankful even though we're struggling. In the new series I'm beginning, God-Given Benefits, we're going to focus on when you receive Christ, you also receive benefits. Go ahead and be seated. Your salvation, your walk with God, no matter where it's at, no matter if you're in a struggling position right now and you're full of fear and last night you didn't sleep, I'm glad you're here. Just don't fall asleep on me. And, and I want you to recognize the power of God that is resident in this place. It is here to heal, restore, give you vision, give you direction, give you revelation of your life. Your salvation came with gifts. We're moving into tonight, celebrating Thanksgiving as a family, a church family. And we're going to have a great time tonight with music, and it's just going to be great just to be with you, to hang out with my church family. We're going to be able to go outside and, and, uh, and just enjoy, you know, the good food. But really, it's not about the food for me, even though I like food. Anybody like food here? Yeah, okay, all right. Anybody like sweets here? You go for it. I'll watch you eat it. Amen. I try to stay away from that. But the reality is you have something that is so special. And it's because you don't understand the fullness of what you have. That's when fear and all this unthankfulness begins to crop up in our life. Where we say things. We say things that we know that are not true, but we say it because we're trying to help that emotion that we're, we're carrying right now. And I'm just asking you to, to just take your hand if you have to, rise your, your chin up a little bit, put your head up and realize you are a child of the king. And he has benefits that are so amazing for us. Now, in the listing of the benefits, uh, most of you uh, have been interviewed for jobs in your life. And in the jobs, they would say things like, well, this is what we're paying. This is what we offer in benefits, if any. And then if they didn't answer any questions, you would ask questions. It's not because you didn't have faith. It's because you understand that in every area of life, if you're given, this is biblical, if you're given of yourself, there's always benefits that come. And sometimes mankind won't do that, but God will do that through your obedience. So there's benefits that are, that are so huge 
that sometimes we forget we have them. Now, again, let me just say this to you. It's not less spiritual or less having faith to really ask the Lord, what are the benefits of this life that we're living? What did you say in Scripture? What did you promise me? You know, in in real life, we think about health care, retirement, vacations. But I want you to understand, when you join the kingdom of God, you got some benefits. And I think one of the greatest writers in the Bible, and one that really understood God himself and spent a lot of times with God, is David. And David wrote in Psalm 103, and we're going to read these benefits. And we're going to spend, all the way through to Christmas, we're going to spend time understanding what these gifts are all about. And my desire is that the thankfulness will begin to arise in your heart we're going to talk about that too, will arise in your heart and you will begin to rise up above the circumstance in your heart, in your emotions, in your feelings, in the way you think, and you'll begin to walk in a depth of a journey with God that you've never realized before. And part of it is because you didn't fully understand the benefits that God has for you of how much God loves you. There are a lot of believers who do not know the benefits they have. Really, they they, they don't. They love God with all their heart. They attend church. They're faithful. They give. They do all kinds of things, but they really don't understand it, so they're not living in the fullness of this thankfulness that we're beginning to dive in the United States of America, Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrating two amazing things. Psalm 103, beginning with verse 1. Let's read this. Bless the Lord. Notice what David does. O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. All that is within me, I act outside in blessing his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I learned in life, wasn't my younger years of of life with God, but I've learned in my journey with God is that when I begin to walk in fear and I begin to allow anger to cause me to move into a realm where uh, the Bible says, be angry and not sin, where I begin to move in and action that is not biblical, I stop now for a moment and say, what did I forget? What did I forget of what God has given me? That is pertaining, watch this, Scripture said, we covered it last week, it's pertaining unto life and godliness, unto this physical world The life we live, tribulation, non-tribulation, joys, whatever it is, whatever place we're in right now today, 
is that what did I forget God promised in those things? And see, what it is, and and we're going to cover this, and we're going to go step by step with it, but what it is that I'm trying to really bring to you is to understand how amazing that you are because God has benefited you and has gifted you in areas to overcome, watch this, the things he knew in advance what you would be facing. The the physical, the emotional, the, the hurts, the joy, everything that you'll face, he's already given you these things. So I could actually say what I say to myself sometimes. I can say to you, what'd you forget today? What'd you forget? Verse three, who forgives, he begins listing them. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you, I can't wait till we get here, this part, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm not talking about Philadelphia eagles either. In writing this, David is speaking to his soul. Here's the man of God, the apple of God's eye, who worships God with all of his heart, soul, and mind, is speaking to his soul, and he's telling his soul, his mind, will, and emotions, what'd you forget? What'd you forget that God has given you? You need to thank the Lord. You need to bless the Lord. You need to remind yourself, like David did, to remind your soul, because your soul is still working on this stuff. That's doctrine. Your soul is still working on this stuff. Your spirit is perfect. And that's what David was doing. He was speaking to his soul out of his spirit. What did you forget? What benefits do you not understand? Then David names the benefits. So we begin to remind his soul the benefits that he knew. So my title today tells us of the first one. I call it supernatural forgiveness. Why I call it supernatural is from God. But it's supernatural is because it is greater than we could ever think what forgiveness really is all about. And when we truly understand these benefits, and this is the first one today, we're going to begin to walk into thankfulness and then even into the new year and some messages I have for the new year. We're going to walk into this new year with such a, a, a encouragement of reality, of truth, 
that even though we're still facing some of the same things, we begin to rise up above it and we stalemate the enemy and we release the power of God to move in our lives in that area. Because sometimes it's opposite because of our words, because our soul is crying out, we're hurting, we're frustrated, we're angry, and we cry out and we say things and we hinder the word of God from manifesting in our life because of the confession of our mouth, which comes from the heart. And that's what David is doing. He's saying, right now, I'm, if you study the writing and the history and the time frame of the writing, just before that, he was crying out to the Lord because of situations in his life. He's human just like you and I. But what's great is we have the Holy Spirit inside us. Supernatural forgiveness. We receive from God supernatural divine forgiveness when we come into a relationship with Christ. I know that you know that, but I want you to know that. Let me show you three things about the supernatural divine forgiveness. That's what I normally do, two or three or four things that I show, which, again, remember the last series, which is of grace. It's a gift of God. The first one, he removes our transgressions. Oh, pastor, four weeks ago you talked about that. I did. Four or five weeks ago, I did. But you know, the word that God gave us was to go deeper. And so what the Holy Spirit is doing is is he's bringing us into a depth that is so deep that the stuff that used to bother us is not gonna bother us anymore. We're gonna see it. We're not gonna put our heads in the sand, but we're gonna rise up, we're gonna see it, but we're gonna see it through spiritual eyes. We're gonna see it through through divine forgiveness. We're going to see it through this ability to walk as a child of God, as a son or a daughter of God. So I'm going to explain them in three different words for missing the mark or sin, because he removes our transgressions. In Psalm 103, verse 10 through 12, look at what it says here. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Thank God, amen. Notice it says sins, plural. More than one, if you don't understand that, that we've done. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. Now notice the word iniquities. Verse 11, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him who understand this. So I'm, I'm putting other words in there because the writer is bringing this content. He's talking about our sins. He's talking about, as we're going to learn, our outward and inward sins, everything. And then he literally says that we're going to have this absolute mercy because of his forgiveness and what it will produce is faith and not fear. So follow me. Verse 12, famous verse. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. 
Now, this is a principle of God of forgiveness. When forgiveness takes place, the principle is that it is, it is removed. But let's, let's follow this. So what is the difference between the word iniquity and the word transgressions? They're both sin, but you need to know that there is a difference and you need to understand the difference. And David understood, and that's why he was speaking to his soul, to his heart, to his mind, will, his his decisions, what he says. He's speaking to himself because he understands the fullness of forgiveness. Because knowing these words and the revelation of these words, you will also know how we miss the mark. Have you ever asked a question? We've asked this question before. Why in the world did I do that? When I, why did I act out like that? Because we have to understand iniquity and transgression. Iniquity means or is an inward motivation. It's the inward motivation that will drive you to act out in sin. It will drive you to, before, you know, I'm a churchgoer, I'm a Christian, I don't do that. Yeah, you know that. But there's something inside that drove you past hurt, past this, this, that, wrong decision, different things that have happened in your life, things that you've watched, things that you've read, things that get on the inside, get in your heart. And then when something arises, you act out on it, all right? So iniquity means uh, an inward motivation. Transgression is the outward movement of what's on the inside. In the English language, we don't use transgress very often. Did you know you transgressed against me? You look at them and say, you're weird, you know, using that word. But let's, let's find a word that might be close to it that we use once in a while. It's the word trespass. Transgress means to step over a boundary. Why in the world did I do that? You stepped over a boundary. If you knew it wasn't right, but you did it anyways. So we, we find iniquity is the inward motivation. Transgression is the outward movement of that motivation that's on the inside. Again, remember, Psalm 103, he speaks to his soul. He speaks to his inside. Well, let me give you some analogies so you understand a little bit what that is. And uh, I believe this is going to begin to really transform us of, of the why. Why do we sometimes do the things that we do? Iniquity is the heart. Transgression is the hand. Another one. Iniquity, I know none of us have problems with this. Iniquity is the attitude on the inside. Transgression is the action. It's on the outside. It is reaching out and doing what is on the inside. 
I was talking to a friend, and, and, uh, and many times with conversations with people talking about this, and he said, well, that's like lust and adultery. And I said, yeah, you're right. It's exactly what it is. Lust is in the heart. Adultery, then, is a transgression of what's in the heart. What you've been watching, what you've been reading, what you've been saying, where you've been. You see it, and then it gets in your heart. But we must understand they're both sin. They're both sin. And the reason why I say that is because when you read uh, Jesus' conversations with the Pharisees is the reason why he despised this Pharisaical attitude was because they were teaching an ideology that, well, you know, you might think it, but if you don't do it, it's not sin. And it began to become an ideology because what would happen then is people would not think about what am I thinking on the inside? What's going on on the inside of me? And so then they're not, they don't care about what's going on in the inside. They're hanging out. They're doing all kinds of things. And then after a while, their heart is so full of this sin that they act out all the time in sin. We ask a question sometimes, well, that guy was a Christian and he loved God and he was involved in leadership at the church and, you know, whatever church it was. And, and the reality is, how could he do what he did? Because he had iniquity in his heart, even though what you saw was good. But it kept building in the heart. Let's go on. So the Pharisees taught so much on this ideology, it almost became okay to window shop. Jesus shows up and he looks at them. He goes, no, that's not it. That's not truth that you're teaching. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you know the law says not to transgress not to commit adultery. But I say to you that if you're less in your heart, you've already committed adultery. I say to you, if you're less in your heart, you've already committed the action of adultery. He's correcting a deception in the church. If it's in your heart, you already transgress God's ways. So why do we do that? It was in the heart. Jesus also said, you also heard, do not transgress by murder, but I tell you, if you hate your brother, you've already murdered him. Bottom line, iniquity is sin also. It's transgressing God's ways in your heart. Now I told you what transgression means. Now let me tell you, what iniquity means. Let's go deeper with the word iniquity. Iniquity is the same as inequity. We hear that, that term today. That's why I wanted to use that term. 
It is when we are not equitable or equal with being a good person. No, that's not what it means. It's we're not equitable with being equal with God's holiness. The measure is not man. The measure is not your pastor. The measure is not an elder. The measure is not a teacher. The measure is God's holiness. That when you speak to your soul, you're speaking to your soul. Is it measuring up? Is it inequality with God's holiness, the way you think in your heart and your mind? Now, let me remind you, because we, we have a tendency when we talk about sin and stuff like that, we have, we have a tendency to spiral into this condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation to love the Lord. Amen? This is not a condemning message. This should be an uplifting message because we understand the why, the where, and the how. That we understand that in this life, that this iniquity is the same as inequity. In other words, we're thinking not like God's ways, his holiness. I love the Bible, and I know you do too. And the Bible is perfect to me. But remember, iniquity is on the inside. Transgression is outward. Isaiah 53, verse 5 it's really amazing how perfect the Bible is. And watch how it explains what I just explained to you. This is a messianic chapter. It says, he, Jesus, was wounded. That's outwardly. For our transgressions. He was bruised. That's on the inside. For our iniquities. So when Jesus paid the price, he paid for both. All right, everyone just look at me for a second. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Wherever you're at in your life with God, that's good stuff. Because he paid for it fully. There's nothing you could do for it. He paid for it. And why did he do that? Because he just, and I'm going to use this, it's not very spiritual, but he just stinking loves you. I want to get past that religious, he stinking loves you, church. And he proved his love by his action. What was in his heart? For God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus was a perfect atonement the perfect sacrifice. In other words, the atonement is reconciling you back to God so you have this perfect relationship with him. So here's a question. What does it mean God has removed our transgressions then? That famous verse. And how far does the Bible say he has removed your transgressions? The answer is, as far as the east is from the west. Now, here's the problem with us today is we think uh, spherically. In other words, round. East is from the west. You start east, start west. Soon you're going to gather on the other side. 
And he's literally talking, literally, not spherically. God is saying the east is from the, the west. You know what that is? That's infinite. It never meets, never comes, never comes back and meets. We're talking about supernatural forgiveness. He has removed, but we don't understand this east to the west, the fullness of what that really means. So he has removed, completely done away with our transgressions. We don't say it this way, but we sort of think, you know, with God, and this is a lot of Christians today, with, with God, he's got like this uh, file cabinet. And in that uh, file cabinet, he stored everything that you've done in this life. Now, Revelations has books of works. But I want you to understand, our thought is that God has recorded everything we've done wrong. He's got in the file cabinet. So we go up to him and we say, God, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me of this? And God says, hmm. Let me check. Oh, here's a file. Pulls out three folders 2021, 2022, 2023. 2021, he says, You did this 17 times. Let me see the next year. Oh, pretty good. Six times. Oh. This year, 75 times. That's the way we look at this forgiveness. Like God has some type of, of storage facility that houses everything that you've done wrong, and he's going to remind you that that's what you've done. Let me just tell you, that's Satan. That's not God. That's what we think. So listen closely. God threw your file cabinet away. He doesn't have one. Or we can say it this way, he don't got one. As far as the east is from the west, it's not there. Infinite. So when you ask for forgiveness from God, it's like a whiteboard that has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is a holy God that has completely dealt with your sin. That's what happened on the cross. I'll say that again. He is a holy God that has completely dealt with your sin. It's dealt with. Amen. First, he's removed our transgressions. And the second thing is we need to understand our second point is he remembers our sins no more. Let's go deeper with that now. 
Isaiah 43.25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. What's it for my own sake? So he can have a relationship with you. That's why. He wants to have a relationship with you. And I will not remember your sins. By the way, when he says, I will, it's his choice. It's his will. It isn't because you got good enough in life. It's because he chose from the beginning his will to forgive you of your sins. So when you receive Jesus Christ, we talked about Savior last couple weeks. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you must understand it was a choice by God to throw away your file cabinet. That before Christ, Satan held it and accused you and condemned you until one day with that little measure of faith God gave you, you believed in God and you started your journey. But then that's when, I'll say it, when hell broke loose trying to get you so stuck on your stuff that you never attain a lifestyle of thankfulness. For I will be, Hebrews 8, 12 says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. But we need to understand, what does it mean, the word remembered? In other words, God forgot. I mean, the Bible uses terminology, but we need to go deeper. What does that mean? God forgot. The word remembered means to recall or bring something up for use. I do not bring, you are not accused of that sin because my son paid for it. Done deal. And now I never bring it up to you. Satan does that. Your soul does that because you remember too. I remember too. I remember the actions that I took in my life. But God doesn't bring it up for use. Now watch this. Kind of like people say, well, if God doesn't do that, then, and then we try to figure out how our life could be more perfect. In other words, it can't be any more perfect. It's kind of like people say, getting older, I tend to think more of the hereafter. And when you go to another room, you stop and think, what did I come here after? <laughs> God has chosen not to bring up your past again. And again, Satan does. Here's, here's the truth. God never forgets your sin. He chooses not to bring it up. See, if people, because we don't understand that, because we don't forget it, do we? You don't forget your wrongs, do you? You're your worst enemy in many cases. And that's what David was doing. David was trying to tell himself, stop condemning yourself and remember what God did for you. And the first one is forgiveness. Stop condemning yourself, church family. Stop allowing yourself to think that you can't do something because you did something in the past. 
You confess that sin to him, you became born again, and you continue to do that. It's a lifestyle of asking for forgiveness. You might be better than me, but it's a lifestyle of asking God to forgive me because I'm still working at it. But I tell you what, it, what has happened is I've learned from David how to speak to myself so that I don't have a heart that constantly speaks condemnation to me or to others around me. Hmm. Okay, well, let's just, let's just go in this route. Because some of you are like, oh, I thought he forgot. Now I'm confused. Well, let me unconfuse you. Again, he chooses not to remember. Remember, God is omni or omniscient or all omni knowing science. God is all knowing, He knows all things. So He knows. He has all knowledge. Forgiveness doesn't mean he doesn't have knowledge of it. It means he has chosen not to bring it up again. And it has no power. Remember scripture, it says that that Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy. It has your sin of the past has no more power to dismantle this relationship and this ability to walk in God's kingdom has no more power. With man, it does. With God, it doesn't. You commit murder and get caught, you're going to jail. But with God, in the relationship for eternity, and where you're going to go in life, your past doesn't hinder what God's plan was. There's nothing stronger than the power of your salvation. And there's nothing more divine than the forgiveness you walk in. How special you are. You need to let your neighbors know, you need to let your coworkers know how great God is, how holy he is. Humble yourself and begin to bring about this reality It's not about how good I am, but it's how great he is. I love that last song we sang. So he remembers our sin no more. And right now, some of you that are listening to my voice online or even sitting here, you need to do that also. You need to stop remembering your stuff begin to realize God's given you an anointing and an authority to go to that another level or as was stated today, that promotion. The promotion doesn't always mean that it's going to be a new title because you still got the old title, son or daughter of God. Saved, healed, and forgiven. Amen? Okay, so simplicity here, but there's a depth here that we we have to know. So let's go to the third thing that we learn. He releases us, the supernatural forgiveness, he releases us from our iniquities. Again, notice the word iniquity again. 
In Psalm 103, verse 1, who forgives all your iniquities. Please know this. The word forgive means release. It actually means to release fully a person completely from a debt. So the debt is gone. The reason it's gone and can never be brought up is because someone actually paid for it in your place. There was an action, there was a will there that he paid for it. I'm climbing up here and we're gonna, we're gonna get to this point and we're gonna conclude with this. The reason why God releases us from the debt we owe is because he took what he, we owed and he placed it on his son and his son paid for it. His son was charged for your debt. And God won't charge twice for the same sin. Let it rock in your brain right now. God will not charge twice. In other words, he won't remember and bring it to today. He charged his son with our sins, and his son Jesus paid the price in full. He releases and he releases us, watch this, from iniquities. Okay, some of you, I, I saw on your faces, you got this, what I just said. He releases you from your iniquities. Um, any of you ever thought, well, that's just a weakness I have. You see, an iniquity is an inward bent are the, the things that we easily fall into because it's on the inside. It's a weakness. Truth, the devil tries to convince us that we will always have that weakness. We're always going to do that. I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to unforgive. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to do it. This is just how my family is. This is how I was raised. I'm always going to do this. Really? Then we don't understand supernatural forgiveness. And we're not telling ourselves a truth. We're saying a deception. That you will always have that weakness. What I'm trying to tell you is when you come to Christ, you're released from your iniquity. It's no longer a weakness in your life. And that's what David was saying. He's sitting there, wherever he's sitting, and he's telling, he's speaking to his, himself, and he's saying, you got to remember the benefits. you got to remember the gift. Jesus Christ being born on Christmas Day is a gift of God to bring the supernatural benefits of God. And David was listing them and telling us, we have been released from that iniquity. Your weakness, that drug addiction, that alcoholism is a weakness that you've been released from and you just need to choose to understand that truth and be released. Amen.
I get it. Sometimes people fall back in. I get it. And let me tell you, it's not because you're a bad person or you're so addicted. It's because you don't understand that you are supernaturally forgiven and you are divinely released from that weakness. Make it a strength in your life. Rise up in your heart. Rise up in your mind and in your actions. And you begin to do the things God told you to do because when you know what God did, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in everything. That's the God that we serve. And when we're diving into, like tonight, celebrating Thanksgiving of our country, and we're celebrating God. They were celebrating from the beginning who God was to come to this nation to have religious freedom. Yes, our country. And we have to get to that place that the power of your salvation and forgiveness is you are released. God now makes you strong in your weaknesses. Jesus says this is right. Jesus says this right after his resurrection. John 20, verse 23. And this is misunderstood. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is not talking about priesthood or confession. A lot of people use that. When you take this in context of the whole Bible, Jesus is saying this. Now notice, again, this is 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus' main emphasis was commission. We say the great commission of the proclamation of the gospel. This is what he's talking about. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus is telling them, tell people that they can be forgiven. Tell people that they are released. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are released. You have strength in every area that you have. Where before, you'd fall flat on your face and now you can rise up and stand. And proclaim that to the world. The problem is the church isn't proclaiming that to the world. The church is trying to psychoanalyze, psychologically uh, minister. I'm not against all this stuff, but trying to minister to people. They need to understand that they've been released on the inside so the, the actions won't take place. I'm so fired up, it's even hard for me to talk right now. Because I'm released, you're released. Whew. And if they believe the gospel, if they believe in Christ, if they believe that he is the son of God that died for their sins, that was buried and rose on the third day, if they believe this, then tell them they are released. Not, well, I know he got jail salvation. We'll just see how he is when he gets out. Because they're never told that they've been released. They're told once saved, always saved. It's God that does it. 
Whatever God does, that's what he's going to do. No, you are released to live in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry. You are special in the kingdom of God. And everybody that's born again today, everyone, whether you've been born again today, this morning, or 50 years ago, you're special in the kingdom of God. And you can do this. Let me close with this statement. I want to pray for you. We need to tell people they are forgiven. Amen. And tell them they're released. But if they don't believe the gospel, their sins are retained. Their sins are retained. It's a choice. God chose to give you benefits, and it's our choice to receive them. And how do we do that? We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the fullness of the supernatural divine forgiveness. That's what David was telling himself. He probably wrote a song after that because he was excited. Again, but if they don't believe the gospel, their sins are retained. They're not forgiven. They're not released. So I'm here to tell you as a representative of the gospel, if you believe in Christ, you are released. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wrap it up, folks. Wrap it up. Wrap it up in your heart. Wrap it up in your life, in your personal walk with God. I can't live that life for you. You live that life for you. I can't believe for you to be able to speak to your soul and to say, it's good. All Hades is breaking loose. Tribulation is happening. God's got me. I can walk through that situation because victory has already been won through the cross and resurrection. That's the whole life. That's, that's what it is. People say, yeah, but what about, what about, what about, what about? You're forgiven. You're released. You receive Christ, you'll be forgiven, released, and you can win in that situation. And they, okay, okay, I believe, I believe. The next day, the same thing happens. They come to you and say, well, how come it's still happening? Because in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. God has overcome the world. And you walk through it instead of falling on your face. You walk through it because why? You know that you've been forgiven. Family, friends, neighbors will point their finger and they'll say, remember when? And you'll say, I do. You know, and at times through the years, I can say, yeah, I remember. I was a real jerk. But God forgave me and released me. And in the kingdom of God, I can do great things. Why? Because it was paid for. If you're here today, watching online, if you don't know Jesus Christ, as your personal Savior, 
This is the day. Then you start the journey that we're walking in. I'm far from perfect. All of us are, but we serve a perfect one who has given us perfect forgiveness. A benefit that we can live for the rest of our lives on this earth and for eternity with Christ. Church family, we're talking, we're eternal beings. I'm an eternal, eternal being forever. Amen. My spirit is brand new and it won't die. Wow. That's true forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over every home that is represented here. Lord, let our homes be a catapult of the Great Commission that we can, with our lives, with who we are, what we say, what we do, can really show on the outside what has taken place on the inside. That we've been released from these weaknesses and we can walk in such an anointing and power. And I give you praise for that. Lord, thank you again for this church family. I am a part of a great family, a great church. Oh, Father, blessings upon this place. Anointing all over this place as we walk in divine forgiveness, supernatural forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, as we leave this place, come back tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. We will worship you like we did this morning again. All day long, we'll be thinking about you. Great is our God, and great is that forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you all. God bless you. Thank you for being here. See you tonight.